For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are in the month of the 2022 NFL Draft, less than a month away later this April. Also, the MLB regular season is underway. If you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365 seven days a week, whatever sport. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head over on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today. It's easy to get started. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I'm excited to talk to you today. We're going to keep it rolling with our positional breakdown of some of the top prospects in the 2022 NFL draft. We've got receivers and tight ends today. We start out on a little bit more of a somber note. Steelers quarterback Dwayne Haskins dies 24 years old after getting hit by a truck down in South Florida. He was there in South Florida with a lot of his Steelers teammates training in the offseason. Ike, really, really sad news. I wanted to get your takeaway right off the top on this news about Dwayne Haskins. Man, I wind up tweeting, uh, you know, I never I never met the kid, but once you get into the 412 and that's Pittsburgh, that's Pittsburgh area code, once you go on the south side, Carson Street at the facility, and you put on that black and gold, you're just part of the family. But to hear this at 24 years old, because I was down in that area at the time, to hear this at 24 years old, and just to be so young, um, for me, had a promising future. You know, he was in a, he was in a quarterback battle position, even though they picked up Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but I got to feel you know, a lot of prayers. Uh, to to Hask and his family, but a lot of prayers to the Pittsburgh Steelers Nation as well. A lot of prayers to Mitchell Trubisky as well, because they was down there working out with him. He wanted to bond in uh, in jail with his 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 newly found teammates, and this happened early in the morning. So, um, my thoughts and my prayers go out to the Haskin family, let alone the Pittsburgh Steelers Nation as well. It's just so sad to hear. Twenty four years old, Mark, he was just a baby. You know, life just getting started. So um, we lost a good one on earth. We gained another angel. That's how I look at it. It's just sad to hear. Yeah, I like I said, down in South Florida, pretty much every Steelers skill position player was there other than Deontay Johnson. So I'm just going to list you through the names of the Steelers teammates that were there. And I think it's pretty cool that they were all working out together. You had Trubisky down there, Pat Frymuth, Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, Kendrick Green, Anthony Miller, Stephen Sims, Haskins, obviously, uh, Gunner, whose uh, last name I'll continue to mispronounce, the new offseason signing, uh, Cody White, Benny Snell Jr., and Zach Gentry. So it, it's not as if that was the first question is, you know, what's he doing down there and everything. And it popped up on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, okay. An area we're familiar with. Ike. I lived in Florida for five years. You still live in Orlando. I believe they were in Boca Raton, which is just North of Fort Lauderdale, which is also North of Miami and great place to be, especially given this time of year, you've got the warm weather and everything and a young player trying to improve his craft, get right in the league, someone who was a first-round pick out of Ohio State as well, and someone whose best football was still ahead of him as well. The moment that he was you know, supposed to have in this league as a first-round pick, in my opinion, hadn't happened yet. 
And you're talking about a player who had excellent talent because, again, he was a first-round draft pick. He's also a Heisman Trophy finalist when he played for the Buckeyes as well. And you find out this news, 24 years old, like Ike, this made, this was not just, you know, national news, international news when the news broke about what happened. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's kind of, I ain't going to say it's kind of, it's shocking. Mark, I'm, I'm still trying to gather my thoughts. Uh, I, ha- I had a neighbor in my neighborhood. We've never talked. He was riding his bike, and the first thing he did was stop and talk to me about this situation because, you know, he's at Ohio State alone. So um, it's hitting everybody, Mark. Uh, not only me, not only still a nation, um, Ohio State nation, but just a lot of people in general because he actually, uh, he's, a, he's a big boost over there for Ohio State, so. He met him a few times, Dwayne Haskins. He met he met him a few times. He was just saying how good of a kid he was. Then then just listening to Coach Tomlin, not even Coach Tomlin, his teammates say the same thing about a young man or how good of a kid he was. Uh, very helpful in the community, Mark, at a young age. So he 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 finally got it. I think he was turning the corner uh, when it came down to the maturity level on what it is to be a franchise quarterback or what it takes to be a professional. Like I say, Mark, it's just so sad to hear around this time. Yeah, I can't help but wonder what could have been. I go back to what Ben Roethlisberger said about Haskins during, I believe it was training camp last year, when he said he can throw the ball for a car wash without it getting wet. And how many other quarterbacks could you say that about just in terms of pure arm talent? So that's what I think of Ike when I think of what could have been with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, that's a heck of an analogy, Mark. Yeah. And you know, Big Ben don't throw compliments out either. <laughs> so for him to say that says a lot about how he felt about Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and this also comes on the heels of, you know, receivers coach Daryl Drake dying ahead of the 2019 season too. I, I do think it was critical with Haskins for him to get out of Washington. And, you know, he had his slip-ups there and everything too. But again, I, I'm going to go back to what you said, steal your words. I do think he was turning the corner and understanding what it means to be a professional, understanding what it means to be a quarterback, the CEO, potentially the face of a franchise. And I think he was starting to get that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was excited to see him compete with Trubisky and with Mason Rudolph this upcoming season, because that's one of the biggest questions we have going into the 2022 season is what the Steelers are going to do at the quarterback position. Now that Ben Roethlisberger is retired. And I was really looking forward to see Haskins in that mix to see what can he do? Because again, I go back to that first round talent and I hear Ben Roethlisberger's words. Ike, you always tell me, listen to what the players say. And when a player like a future Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger, is saying, hey, this guy has a better arm than me, I immediately perk up. I immediately say, okay, I want to see what this guy can do. Yeah, it was more, for me, I always listen to the players because obviously I once was a player. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just tough, bro. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough right now for a lot of people. So, again, man, just – a lot of prayers to the Haskins, still the nation, Ohio State nation, um, just in the football world in general, to that family. One, one last point, Ike, before we get into our top receivers of the 2022 draft. The Steelers now will need a quarterback as well because Josh Dobbs is signed with the Cleveland Browns. And so you've got Trubisky, you've got Mason right. Rudolph under contract. I know that the Steelers might have gone and drafted a quarterback even with Haskins on the roster with three, but now it's evident the Steelers will need somebody to be, whether it's a maybe a starter, backup, third stringer, you've got to have three just because you only have two. You know, it's, it's a next man up league. So uh, keep an eye out on that as we get closer and closer to the first round of the 2022 draft which starts on April the 28th, Ike, and we are now officially 17 days away from the start of the draft. And I'm excited to talk about the receivers. And we've got the Bugattis, the Maseratis, the Dooley trucks, all different styles of receiver. If there's any position group in this year's draft that 
is most loaded, I would put my money at the receiver position. And Ike, your number one receiver off the board, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Really excited to talk to you about the receivers in this group. What did you see from Olave? Oh, man. So these are my adjectives, Mark, about Chris Olave. Silky. Body control is in the matrix. Always open, like 7-Eleven. Speed. Hands. He gets in and out his breaks like in and out burgers in California. (laughs) Route runner. Every time I watch tape and I watch highlights of Chris Olave, like I said, he was always open, but it was just his his elusiveness, Mark. His always open, even when he was covered, he found the way to come down with the ball. And there was no catching up with him. Once he got the ball, he was gone. So the reason why I had Chris Olave as my number one receiver was because he did everything in a route tree, whether it was going inside the hashes or whether it was outside on the numbers, whether it was catching the ball in traffic, whether he was running a double route. This guy, regardless of who was checking him, and usually a lot of times he was getting double covered in the slot, he came down with the ball. Yeah, I, a 4-3-9 in the 40 a 10-foot, 4-inch broad jump, 32 inches on the vertical jump. So he's not really a go-up-and-get-it receiver, although he's pretty good at contested and combat catches. Six foot, 187 pounds. What I wrote down in the footage that I watched, I I wrote deceivingly fast, like he's running and then all of a sudden he's already by you and you don't even expect it. And then I'll say this as well, and I want to make sure I state this, early off the bat about all the Ohio state players we talk about today. I think it's a combination of the route running, but then also we have to give kudos to Ryan day's offensive scheme for the Ohio state Buckeyes because, and I wrote this not just for Chris Olave, but some of his teammates that we'll talk about as well. There were many times he was wide open in the highlights that I watched again, I want to give credit to him as a route runner, but I also want to give credit to the coaching in the scheme at Ohio State as well. But that's what I noticed from Olave. I mean, Olave, the total package. That's exactly what I call him. Uh, he reminds me when I was watching tape of a guy I had, Santonio Holmes, first round draft pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, stronger than what you think, smoother than what you think. And I think you hit it on the head when you talked about deceptive speed because he runs effortlessly and that's exactly what he showed on tape game in and game out mark yes Uh, another thing as well keeping his feet in bounds along the sidelines in ike in the college game you only need to get one foot in he was consistently getting two in so it's like man this ohio state game he's already practicing for the pros yeah he already knew where he was going for 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 to have that mindset and that awareness, and I call that ballerina toes, and to be aware of where you at on the field, you gotta be practicing that since you were small. That's just not overnight. I'm gonna get two feet, not one but two, because in college you just need one. For the NFL, of course, you need two. But for him to have that muscle memory, and to be able to have some kind of awareness of where he's at on the field, around the sideline. And Tony toe tap that thing twice, get both feet in ground on the ground. He already knew he was going, Mark. Yeah, I you mentioned it depth along the sidelines. I also want to go back to what you were saying about the route tree lining mm-hmm. up at several different types of receiver receiving positions at Ohio State as well. So on the outside in the slot, they used him all Everyone. over the field. Correct, one hundred percent. Okay, Ike, so he's your number one. At number two, you have one of his teammates, Garrett Wilson. And so Wilson, a little bit more explosive, a 4.38 in the 40, a 36-inch vertical jump, 10-foot, 3-inch broad jump. Again, I go back to, I'm not sure if it's the route running or Ohio State scheme because there were many times he was wide open. But the thing I noticed with Wilson is the yak, and that is yards after the catch very, very shifty. And of all the highlights I watched of Garrett Wilson, I don't know if I saw a single highlight where the first defender took him to the ground. He was always able to make at least one man miss. 
Yeah, you know, in New Orleans, when we say a word twice, like when we say, man, he good, good, <laughs> that means he's spectacular. For Gary Wilson, I had him uh, smooth, smooth. I had to put that twice. <laughs> That's exactly what he was, Mark. Smooth, smooth. Way out of control. Uh, sets the DB up nice, whether it was a double route as well or whether it just was a route, period. And he always high pointing the ball. Usually guys, when the ball is throwing up, they are kind of like body catchers. Not Garrett. He high-pointed the ball every time, always open. He was another one of these 7-11 guys, always open 24-7, regardless of whether somebody was checking them. Strong hands, Mark. Strong hands. Because we call this combat catching. When the DB is always trying to fight to come down with the ball with you, but you wind up always winning that. Dang that, 90, 95% of the time, that's what he did. A vertical guy all day. Like you say, his 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 compadre, Chris Olave, ran a 4.39. He ran a 4.38. So the speed is there. And you talking about a guy with strong hands. He's one of the strong hands guys. But Ohio State, man. I mean, I knew Ohio State had receivers, Mark. <laughs> but, guy, like, we talking about potential. Two first-round draft picks at that wide receiver position. I don't know who the uh, I don't know who the wide receiver coach is over there, but man, we gotta start giving this guy some props because all he's doing one he's getting one of these guys come from California to come all the way from that that sunny state into Ohio State, which says a lot about Ohio State and their recruiting says a lot about the coaching staff and their recruiting coordinator. But to get two receivers, in my mind, first round draft picks, and we're talking about. This position being deep in the draft, we can't get through all of them. But at least four or five, maybe six guys will come off the board in the first round for this 2022 uh, draft. But Gary Wilson, he's just a uh, he's a, a mirror, a splitting image of Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Ike, the Believe in Steelers research department has your back. The Ohio State receivers coach, former NFL player, played in the league while you were in the NFL, Brian Hartline, former Ohio State Buckeye. So, Ike, he's been the receivers coach at Ohio State since 2018, promoted. He's still the receivers coach, but he is now also the Buckeyes passing game coordinator. So, Buckeyes trying to take wide receiver you and the supremacy yeah. that's been held the last few years by Alabama. Yeah, don't. Hardline was a was a, a silky smooth receiver as well. Uh, so obviously it makes sense how his receivers come in and out their breaks, how elusive they, they are, just the awareness. Um, when you talk, want to talk about being coached by a coach who played in the league, you can tell these guys are thinking and they're looking at coverages, and that's why they're running these routes and getting wide open. You know, they just not running routes. Hey, let me see if it's a cover four, cover three, cover two. Me and the quarterback got to be on the same page every time. So they're already NFL ready. Yes, sir. And I mentioned the relationship with Ohio State and Alabama. This next receiver on your list, Ike, Jamison Williams, started his college career at Ohio State, then transferred to Alabama, absolutely tore it up. You mentioned how you thought that Garrett Wilson was smooth, smooth. I've got Jamison Williams as fast, fast. And this was before he tore his ACL in the national title game, a non-contact injury. But if you give Williams space in the open field and you talk about that breakaway deep speed, good luck. Good luck trying to stop him once he gets healthy and gets right. If not for that ACL injury, Ike, I think that Jamison Williams might be the top receiver in this draft. Yeah, I went to that Ohio State-Georgia game. And Jameson Williams, he was hell. Not only on that defense, but he was giving hell on that secondary. And if he didn't tell his ACL, Mark, he definitely would have been one of my top choices. But I got him big play all day. Uh, His stop and start was something that impressed me. For him to go to 0-60, to stop and go to 0-60 to again in that manner and that fast, it's hard to do. He's another one who's good with good with hands. I had him dynamic. I had him. He's a dynamic. He's a vertical guy. You want to talk about taking the top off the roof? Um, I don't care what state, what city you in. When you want to talk about James, Jameson Williams, this guy you got it. He's your convertible. Whether you're in Chicago, 
and it's negative seven, whether you're in Cleveland, it's negative three, the top is always off <laughs> when you got this guy on the field. Everything was dynamic. And we ain't even going to talk about the special teams, his kickoff returns, his punt returns. Every time he touched the ball, a long strider, a long strider. So this guy, Jameson Wilson, of course, I was there when he got hurt in that in the bowl game, the national championship game. But, man, you want to talk about fast and taking the top off the roof every time. You ain't even got to go to his highlights. You can just watch how open he was on his route running because he stuck his foot in his ground and he was gone. So he ran a lot of posts. He ran a lot of goals. He, he ran a lot of noun passes. Noun passes when you're too far off, when a DB is too far off of a receiver. So the, the quarterback get the ball to him right now because he's he's dynamic in the open, open space. That's exactly what Jameson Williams was. If Jameson Williams didn't test ACA, he would have been my first receiver coming off the board, Mark. I am so jealous of both Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud this past season, these past two seasons, because of the talent at the receiver position that both of those quarterbacks got to play with at Ohio State. I go back to, with Williams, the very first game of the season. Alabama against Miami. And there's a corner route where Williams catches it and just burns everybody on the Hurricanes defense. And former Hurricanes head coach Manny Diaz is on the sideline, just absolutely pissed. And I can't blame him because honestly, like the defense that they called up wasn't that bad. It's just Williams is that fast. And that's the play where, again, the first game of the year, you could go and look this up. Williams has that breakaway speed where if you give him just a sliver of space in the open field, good luck catching him. Is I'm going to get a little Ebonics on you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ain't no angles. There is no such thing as taking the angle with this kid, Jameson Williams. He's going to break all angles. He's the Randy Moss when it comes down to the long strider. He's the Randy Moss slash Deshaun Jackson kind of guy. He can get to that four point for to that four point three speed in a hurry, Mark. And for me as a DB, once you once you understand somebody is fast, once you've been watching tape, and you like, okay, this dude can get behind me whenever he wants to. That strikes fear, not only in that cornerback, that safety, but that defense coordinator, because you had to know where Jameson Williams was at at all times, and that's what he brings to the table. The only thing my question mark was he's a body catcher. He didn't display his hands 24-7 sometimes. But for the most part, he likes to catch his he likes to catch the ball with his body mark. Yeah. And my analysis there, Ike, too, it's no knock on Manny Diaz. He's a defensive Correct. coach. I believe he's the coordinator at Penn State now. But you always tell me that the sideline tells the story, and I'll just put it this way. He was not happy on that play. And it just shows you the game breaking ability of Jameson Williams. No, nah, different. Like I say, Mark, if he didn't get hurt. Uh, he would have been at the top. He would have been number one on my board as far as the wide receiver position. All right, let's go to number four, and that's Drake London out of USC. Different style of receiver than any of the previous three we've talked about thus far, Ike. 6'4", 219. He's kind of a bully and kind of reminds me a little bit of Mike Evans, like a Mike Evans light. But it's no surprise to me that Drake London is a former basketball player because he plays that same way at the receiver position. Physically very impressive, not really a burner or separator, but when you're talking about contested catches and winning and catching the ball in tight windows, he's your guy. And so we'll see how he fares as well coming off an ankle fracture injury that ended his 2021 season, but he's been a good player the last three seasons for the USC Trojans. He's Drake is your Drake. London is your Keenan Allen with a tight end mindset. All he wants is contact. (laughs) If he's not getting hit, he don't want to play football. And of course it makes sense because I had him as a power forward, but at the wide receiver position. Of course, he played basketball. But inside or outside, the numbers. You know, he's going to be the ultimate mismatch when he's healthy, depending on what squad he goes to, to an offensive coordinator who knows how to use him. That's all the young man, that's all Drake wanted. Drake wanted contact out every ball. If you just, if you, his quarterback trusted him so much down the, down the seams, whether he was getting covered by a, 
a, a, a safety or a nickel corner. He just threw the ball up to him. And you know what Drake did? He came down with the rebound. <laughs> Not with the football. He came down with the rebound. But super athletic, Mark. So when, when I thought of Drake, I thought of Kenny Allen. But his mindset was a tight end mindset. He always, whether he was trying to jump over you or run you over, he was always fighting for them extra yards. Yeah, toss it up to the big fella. It's like when you play 500 in the backyard as a kid, or sometimes you just know who's going to come down to it in that 6'4 frame. In the backyard? Yeah. And in my notes, I had park ball catching, meaning he he looked at a regular game like he was playing on the park. (laughs) So you could just tell guys who just having fun. The stage ain't too big for them. Man, I feel like I'm 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 in the backyard or, or I'm back at the park. That's exactly how his mindset was playing football on the field, Mark. I can assure our listeners and viewers, Ike and I discussed the topics before the show, but we don't always swap to where you're reading line by line my right. notes and vice versa. So it's a little bit for the listeners and viewers there. Ike, let's keep this rolling. At number five, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. And an undersized receiver, 5'11", 178, but a slick route runner. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Deontay Johnson. And there oh. were a few plays. There were a few plays that really caught my eye. He had a sluggo route against Maryland, against a cover two defense that went 86 yards to the house. And it's like the defense just forgets about him. And then going back to the 2020 season, he had, Back-to-back catches, one-handed catches against Ohio State as well. Uh, A four-year contributor for the Nittany Lions. Again, reminds me a little bit of Deontay Johnson, someone we know and love for a player receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ike, what did you see from Jahan Dotson out of Penn State? Uh, You know what impressed me, Mark? His awareness as well. So I had him him the toe-tapper, especially around the sidelines in that red zone. He always got two feet down. And I put this I put this adjective out there too fast, fast. You know, and to just to look at a lot of these receivers, we're naming receivers that's coming from cold weather cities. And when you get to the playoffs, you want guys from cold weather cities. The colder it was, the better he played. Jahan Dotson. So for me, he was light on his feet. He was very elusive. Um his adjustments. His hands, Every, everything he caught, Mark, was with his hands. There was no body catching. Mm. What impressed me was I saw him do a dig route. And usually wide receiver coaches tell, you know, guys who do it. So a dig route is 14 yards and in. Usually guys, they tend to drift when they're cutting in. He attacks the ball on these cutting the in routes. That gives him opportunity not only to get separation from the DB, but he's not going to take that blind side hit coming from the linebacker from the weak side if he's on the strong side. But his awareness, his big play, and he was another one of these fast, fast kind of guys. Once he got the ball, there was no catcher, you know, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I got Deontay Johnson. I'm Hmm. thinking Antonio Brown. Whoa. Okay. Wow. 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 Um, I like your cold weather receiver analogy as well. I'm with you there. Um, one thing, one knock again, given, and I think he'll fill out a put on a little bit more weight, but the lack of size was one thing that would be my knock on him. And one thing I noticed, at least compared to say a Garrett Wilson is he didn't break as many tackles after the catch. That doesn't take away from the fact that he's able to separate from the defensive backs trying to guard him. So Correct. A thin frame, we'll see. Durability concerns. Can he break tackles after the catch? You know, how does he fare against some of the physical cornerbacks in the league? But considering the level of production he had at Penn State, I think he's going to be okay. And if he's like, again, he's the fifth best receiver in this draft, we are loaded at this position group. Ike, to your sleeper of the group, and that's Traylon Burks of Arkansas. Hang on. And before you get here, Ike, really quickly, I think you have underrated Traylon Burks. You have him right now as your sleeper sleeper pick. I think he might be the best of the bunch of this group. But hop in here, and I'll add my two cents worth. Big body. 
grown old man strength. I don't know if you shake an old person's hand and you know, they say looks, look, the old people, you know, they got their old school ways where you got to look a man in his eye and squeeze his hand firmly. <laughs> it was like a man playing against boys when you want to talk about banks, you know, 6'2", 225. And usually guys who are that fast, I think he ran a 4'5", but he don't play like a 4'5". He played like a 4'3", 4'4", kind of body. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was always him deboing, whether it was a linebacker, whether it was a safety, whether it was a DB. He found a way to get open or he just deboed his way to get open. This guy from Arkansas, Banks from Arkansas, all he did was, <laughs> it was like, a, like I said, it was a man against boys. It's just a route running I'm going to have to see, you know, because a lot of his routes was on the sideline, vertical route running, jump balls. So we'll see when he gets to the league how crisp of a route runner he is. Hopefully he will be. But when you want to talk about just an old man, just brute, his nickname should be brute because that's exactly what he did when it came down to, to watching his taping on film, man. He just showed brute strength. And like I say, man, 6'2", 225, you don't think a guy being that fast? But he was breaking away from a lot of people. And some guys had some angles on them. So I got him as my sleeper. If you thought he was the best, you know, receiver coming out of this draft, I can't argue with that, Mark. Three adjectives I'll use, big, fast, and physical. And it's an example of why a 40-yard dash doesn't always tell the story because mm -hmm. you see four, five, five on paper. But when I popped on the tape, he's running by DBs on SEC defenses, play after play after play after play. I didn't see him get caught. No, I, I ain't see him get caught one time either, Mark. Uh, Banks, <laughs> he different. He different. So I remember Coach Mitch, uh, my defense line coach, when we played, when we played like the Jacksonvilles, when we played the, the Baltimore Ravens, he always used to say, man, bring your big boy pants. It's going to be, it's going to be this kind of game. When you're going against Banks, you got to bring your big boy pants. Your mindset got to, <laughs> it got to go out of space because all he wants on the field is trouble. Trouble in a good way for him, trouble in a bad way for you. And like you mentioned the route running, I'll say this, the highlights I watched Arkansas used Burks all over the field. And he made like every kind of catch, at least among the highlights that I watched, I thought he adjusted the ball very well. So if he shores up his route running as well, I don't need all of my receivers to run a four, two, at least like think about who some of the best receivers are in the league. They didn't necessarily have the best combines or pro days. And so Sleeper pick, I, I mean, like this, I think he could be the best of the bunch. We'll see this, this class is so loaded. I think a lot of it's just going to depend on which play. Like, I think it's going to be much more dependent upon fit because the talent at the receiver position in this year's draft is just, it's next level. Nice. Mark, this receiver class is deeper than the ocean. That's how deep this, and we can go 12. I watched I watch 12 players from this receiver class, and I, this is my six I came up with. And we got to just throw this guy, Greg Pickens, out there from Georgia. He's another one of these guys you got to keep an eye on. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers, they keeping an eye on him as well. So this is what's, – what's today's date, Mark? Today is the 11th? Yes, sir. George, George Pickens from Georgia, Ike, and uh, – he was coming off – I think he was coming off an injury of some sort as well at Georgia, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. I... But, but that's exactly what the Steelers like. They like to do their research. They like guys who's just coming off an injury because they always feel that's a steal for them. And they get, they don't have to get them high in the draft. That's exactly how the Pittsburgh Steelers think. One final note about Burks. Before we move to the tight ends, Ike, Burks wears size 5XL gloves. He's got that old man strength, bench pressing 380 pounds, squats 500, power cleans 320. So I can't wait to see what he does in the league. Yeah, he he, he left with the offensive linemen and the running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Load it up, Ike, and it's just like add more plates. We'll add more plates to each side on the squat rack, on the bench press. It don't matter. No, 100%. All right, to tight ends, Ike, and – 
Before we get into each player, I just want to put this out there for the people who put together these highlight packages on YouTube. Can you please put some blocking highlights on the video packages? Like, I love to see a big man rumble down the field. I want to see what they can do at the line of scrimmage against edge rushers, against linebackers, what have you. Okay. Right. All things aside, let's get to Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, 6'4", 243, a former walk-on. And Ike, from what I saw from him, if you get him in the open field, good luck taking him down with the ball in his hands with one defender. Mark, he's the best receiver, the best receiver in the draft. He just so happened to play tight end. He's a future Hall of Famer, a former walk-on, UCLA, the best receiver. You want to talk about silky smooth, pure, soft hands, elusive. When when you're going into the game and you know we have to stop this guy and you can't stop him, that says a lot about this guy, Greg Dutras. Um, UCLA come up with a gym. I don't know where he was at. I don't know what, what sport. I'm guessing basketball, baseball. He just said, you know what, let me just walk on for football. <laughs> but when you want to talk about in my mind, in my mind, Greg is the best receiver in this draft. He just so happened to play tight end. Yeah, in my research, Ike, when he first walked on to UCLA, he was something like 208 pounds, puts on 40 or 50 pounds, and is just an absolute load. Yards per reception, 17.3 in the 2021 <laughs> season. <laughs> so right. I'm not always big on the college stats, Ike, but again, from what I saw, every time he had the ball in his hands, there was not there were multiple defenders trying to bring him to the ground. It's a hundred yards on the field. I'm averaging two first downs a catch. All you gotta do is give me the ball three times. Picture that. That's sixty that's sixty yards if you want to round it off. You know, you thought you throw me the ball three times in a possession. We 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 right in the red zone or oh, I didn't score. <laughs> that's telling me what Greg can do. This this dude, this in my mind. This dude is the best receiver in the draft. Wow. The high praise coming from a defensive back, Ike, and this is where I flex your credentials, who spent 12 years in the NFL as well. So you've seen it all. When I hear you say that, Ike, I perk up a little bit and be like, I'm going to remember this back when later on in the 2022 season, we see Greg Dulcich make plays for whichever team is lucky enough to draft him. Yes, sir. We will go to your number two tight end out of Colorado State, and that is Trey McBride, 6'4", 246, 18 reps on the 225 bench press, a nine-foot, nine-inch broad jump. Another tight end, Ike, where I noticed when he has the ball in his hands, it takes multiple players, multiple tacklers are needed to bring him to the ground. He's my Travis Kelsey. That's who I had him. Uh, you know, tra Travis just found a way to get open. He, he's not your – Travis Kelsey is not your super athletic. Uh, Trey as well, McBride is not your super athletic. But he's always open. He always find a way. For him, it's the it's, it's him getting in and out his breaks at the top of the route. You know, it's just creating that small window, that small separation. That's exactly what Trey McBride showed me from Colorado State. Every Every game that he played every route that he plays. So, and that's exactly what you need in the NFL. You're not going to be open. You have to find a way to get some kind of separation. And that's what Trey showed with me. But you know what? I like his personality, you know, to play that tight end position. And if you ask tight ends, they say it's the toughest position on the field. Not only do they have to catch the ball and get hit by linebackers and safeties and, and, and cornerbacks, but they also have to block as well. So I can see why they might feel that kind of way. But, you know, when it came down to comparisons, he he was he was my Travis Kelsey of this tight end draft class. High praise, Ike. And McBride is the Mackey Award winner, meaning mm -hmm. given to the top tight end in the nation for the 2021 season, the first team AP All-American as well. 90 catch season, 
more than 1,100 yards through the air, only had one touchdown, but that's because he was keyed in on on defense. Also had a touchdown on a special teams fake punt in the final game right. of Colorado right. State season two, Ike. So I'd like to see him get involved. And I, I enjoyed watching the tape from McBride. Yes, 100%, Mark. Former three-sport athlete in high school as well. Set school records in high school, career points in basketball, and home runs for baseball. Well-versed Trey McBride. He's he's an athlete. He's not just a football player. Yeah, well, they, and that's what teams look at, Mark. They look at what other sports, especially coming out of high school, did you play? So to be an All-American in a few sports in high school, like you said, says a lot about what he can do. Okay, we're going back to Columbus, Ohio, to Ohio State, where Jeremy Ruckert checks in as your number three tight end, 6'5", 250 pounds, 19 reps on the 225-pound bench press. Again, I go back to this, Ike. He benefits from playing from a, with a couple stud receivers and the Ohio State route concepts in coaching. I did like Ruckert's hands. One thing I noticed, though, didn't break as many tackles as the other two players. But, again, soft hands, solid player. I think whichever team drafts Ruckert's getting a solid tight end. Came into Ohio State as the 2017 New York State Gatorade Player of the Year. He was also a USA Today first team high school All-American coming into college as well. So he was very highly touted coming into Ohio State, a solid player. And he checks in at your number three tight end of the 2022 NFL Draft. 6'6", You know, he's my old school. He's Miller. He's what Coach T looking for in the tight end. I know he can catch. Can he block? You got that right. <laughs> and when he blocks, he have a attitude blocking, whether whether it was an outside linebacker or a defensive end, Mark. That's all Jeremy wanted to do. If he wasn't getting the ball, he was pissed off. And guess who he was taking it out on? He was taking it out on the dude who was in front of him. So when you get a Jeremy on your team, you're getting a guy who has the mind. You don't have to coach him up to block. Come here. I can't wait to train the camp for us to get in these one-on-ones, whether it's tight ends on outside linebackers. And I'm going to show coach exactly what my mindset is. This is Jeremy Rucker coming from Ohio State. The best all-around old school. I don't have to flex him out. I can keep him in. I can chip if my quarterback needs help or my running back needs help because that's something he wants to do. Blocking is a want to. As tackling is a want to for a DB, a secondary guy, blocking is a want to for a tight end. And this is Jeremy all day, 6'6", 250. <laughs> Ike, you say, come here. Let me, let me revise that. Really. Come <laughs> here, boy. Come here, boy. Come here, boy. Come here. That, that's, that, that, that was, that's, that's Jeremy's mindset. He was the... He, he was the only tight end that, that wanted, that I saw, that wanted to block. We can talk about hands. That's what he got, the natural hands. Uh, he don't he don't mind contact. He, he gets in and out of his breaks. Does he have the top end speed to blow past somebody? No, but he's a down-the-scene kind of guy. He's a first down. He's a, he's a chain mover. That's exactly what he is. But to have that want-to mark to want to block says a lot about his mindset, and his mindset is angry. See, and this is why I go back to off the top. I put the caveat in. I want to see some of those blocking highlights. Like a highlight to me doesn't always need to be, oh, him scoring and getting into the paint and scoring a touchdown or making defenders miss. Like I want to see what he can do at the line of scrimmage. I clearly you had access to some of that footage. And it's no surprise too, because the Ohio State Buckeyes always have a very, very solid running game. It seems like they send a running back to the league, if not every year, every other year. He was certainly part of that in both the running game and helped clear and pave the way for Ohio State's running game and in the passing game as well. A beneficiary as well might add too, given the receiving talent that the Buckeyes had. We will keep this rolling. At number four, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, 6'4 245, a 36-inch vertical. And I, what I noticed he was initially recruited to play receiver in college. Some schools wanted him at receiver. He says, I'm going to play tight end because that's how I project out to the next level. What I noticed 
is that he has that receiving ability, adjust to the football well, and he was very adept at high-pointing the football, something that not all tight ends are capable of doing. Say less. You gave my notes. That's exactly, that's exactly it's It's unlikely <laughs> that likely kept his mindset right and knew what he was doing, knew his body, coming out of high school, going into college, understanding, I'm going to gain some weight. So now, nah, coach, I'm gonna play tight end, and he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be one of these uh, tight ends, super athletic. So it makes sense why he come in and out his breaks. It makes sense when you throw not only a jump ball but a back shoulder fade, and he's able to adjust like a wide receiver because the young man played wide receiver coming out of high school. Coastal Carolina got him a steal. Now I know I have a steal of this draft when it comes down to these tight ends. But for me, <laughs> it's likely that it likely will be a steal for this draft when it comes down to this position, Mark. I see what you did there, Ike Taylor. That was well done. 20 yards per reception in the 2020 season. Uh, down just slightly, 15.5 in the 2021 season. So even as defenses targeted him, and he tied for eighth in the FBS with uh, 12 receiving touchdowns, that led all tight ends. It's also first team all Sun Belt Conference as well, Ike. So even when teams were keying in on him, he was still able to produce for Coastal Carolina. It's going to be a good pick for whichever team drafts him. At number five, Ike, Iowa State's Charlie Kolar, uh, the son of two professors at the University of Oklahoma. He's also the high school teammate of NBA star guard Trey Young. You, you. You with me, Mark? Yes, sir. So I had Charlie Collar. I had him, uh, this is my notes. I'm not trying to do any jump balls. I just want to run you over every time I catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of y'all. You know, you know how, you, you know as a coach, coach say, hey, when you see green grass, you run to that green grass and try to get as many yards as you want to. Not Charlie. Charlie looking for somebody who has the opposite uniform on so he can run them over. He's a tight end with a fullback mentality. <laughs> a very violent uh, mentality. So whoever gets this guy, I look at this guy like a use check. You know, a guy who wants to block. A guy who don't mind getting dirty. A guy who understands, hey, this game or maybe the next couple of games, I might have one or two receptions. How, what other way can I help my team? This is Charlie Collar coming out of Iowa State. A Mackey Award finalist, first team all-conference selection in 2021. He was the winner as well of the William Campbell Trophy. What is the William Campbell Trophy? That is the Academic Heisman Trophy. His brother, John, was a quarterback at Oklahoma State before transferring to ISU for his final season in 2019. So comes from a bright family background, an athletic family background. Excited to see what Kolar can do at the NFL level. Ike, let's get to your sleeper pick. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, 6'5", 250. And I'll give you his measurables really quickly, and I can we'll get to what you saw from Ferguson. 481 in the 40, 15 reps. Uh, on the bench press, 31 and a half inch vertical and a nine foot, 10 inch broad jump. And that is Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin, when you think of Wisconsin, you usually think of running backs. So when we're talking about a tight end and Jake Ferguson, he must be good, good. <laughs> and he's another one of these, okay, coach, the only way I get on the field right now coming in as a rookie one, if I play special teams. Two, if I just want to dig somebody in the dirt blocking. And this is Jake. And I'm not talking about Jake from State Farm. I'm talking about Jake Ferguson coming from Wisconsin is how they say it, <laughs> you know. So, like I say, man, these, these the, the tight end and the wide, wide receiver position I thought was deep. I think when, Jake's, when Jake Ferguson gets on a team, it's going to take some work. I'm looking at him to be a two- to three-year project. So say, 
But once he get on there, man, he's going to do everything you ask him to do. He's fundamentally sound because he's not as athletic like these other tight ends, Mark. Really quickly, also the grandson of former Wisconsin head coach and athletic director Barry Alvarez. So some connections as well, given the family history and their athletic background as well at Wisconsin as well. So let me round out our top receivers and top tight ends really quickly for our listeners and viewers before we wrap up here. Top receivers, uh, you had Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Number two, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Jamison Williams out of Alabama at number three. USC's Drake London at number four. Penn State's Jahan Dotson at number five. And then your sleeper pick, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Those are the receivers, the tight ends. Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, number two, Colorado State's Trey McBride, number Correct. three, Jeremy Ruckert checks in for Ohio State, number four, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, Iowa State's Charlie Kolar at number five, and then your sleeper pick, Wisconsin's Jake Ferguson. Ike, I love doing these positional breakdowns with you each week uh, on Wednesday's show. On Wednesday's show, we are going to have, well, it'll be Wednesday's recording be friday's release we are going to have offensive guards and offensive tackles so interior linemen uh offensive tackles as well so we can include some of the centers in there as well if you see fit i'm excited to talk about the big uglies up front talk about the line of scrimmage where the game is played really excited to talk to you about that later this week as we get closer and closer to the april 28th first round of the 2022 draft ike we're going to continue these positional breakdowns each and every week leading up to the draft. We will also at the end of the month, have your mock draft in advance of the 2022 draft. So Ike Taylor, I tip my cap to you. What a breakdown as always, man. I appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. couple of thanks are in orders. I want to thank you, Ike Taylor. Also the folks over at the believe network, our producers at Brinks TV led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and the crew over there. Today's sponsor of the show, betonline.ag. And I want to thank you, the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day. I want to thank Mark. I want to thank betonline.ag. I want to thank Believe Network. Got to thank Miss Courtney, her crew at Brinks TV uh, for making this look good and professional while we're on this show. But yeah, man, I'm excited to talk about the big uglies. Like I said, this wide, wide receiver position. <laughs> um, with super deep tight end position, um, you already know who I got as my best receiver is Greg coming from UCLA. I think he's the probably the best of future Hall of Famer when it comes from 10 years later as we speak on today in 2022 uh, on the 11th of April. But, man, I appreciate the breakdown. I love these breakdowns. I love just sitting in the house, watching tape and watching these kids. It keeps me informed on every draft on what's going on, Mark. For psychic Ike Taylor, who is manifesting Hall of Fame careers on all of the 2022 prospects, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening and watching Believe in Steelers. We will see you later this week. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.